Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Wow, boys. What an incredible <laughs> turn of events is the they, best way to describe that. They always say you have to stay up late if you really want to see the good stuff. <laughs> Man, I mean, we got to go back to practice when Daniel Ricardo's engine is blowing smoke and fire out of the back and making whistling, hissing sounds. To winning the race. And for the second time in a row as well, because Bahrain, he all, you know, the electrics went. Yeah. So he was three minutes away from, well, in fact, he got out of qualifying one with three minutes and 11 seconds to go, which gave him basically a warm-up lap and one flying lap. He made it into 14th place, so barely getting barely, in to yeah. Q2, and then made it up to fifth overall. Uh and wins the Chinese Grand Prix. His mechanics were stunning because they put an engine that wasn't um, prepared properly, uh, a new engine, that is, after the turbo let go. Um, just absolutely the, everything that they did today was, except for Verstappen's petulance, I'm afraid, yeah. again, um, and he's, 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 he's too old to call. I mean, I love him. He's exciting. I'll give you that. But again, his own fault. All those mistakes by Verstappen, uh, both the, tri the overtake um, on Hamilton wasn't on, and certainly nor was the, or the spin with Vettel, uh, ruined Vettel's race. And, but um, Ricardo did everything right. And what about the pit stops? Yeah. They stacked the pit stops. 2.3 and 2.4 seconds, both phenomenal Red Bull pit stops. Why I'm amazed at that is uh, when I say a, a so you understand, and if you missed it, it, the stacked pit stops, they both came in on the same lap and queued up, and the mechanics changed all four tires on the first car in just over two and a half seconds or just under two and a half seconds and did the same with Ricardo following uh, seconds later, which is no mean feat. Astounding, a really amazing Red Bull race today by Daniel Ricardo and the team. And you're right, if Verstappen hadn't done that, and I'll tell you what, boys, we called it on the pre-race show. We were talking about Verstappen, and I'm, my question to you was, is he is he pushing too hard? And he obviously is. Yeah. And the other thing was, finally, uh, to, to kind of put the, the icing on the cake, the strategy, the we, the reason what they won the race actually is because they were able to finish on softs. Uh, and so they took that uh, literally um, point-blank decision and you know that's what won them the race. They and then and, and you heard Hamilton kind of on the radio. Why didn't we come in? You know, and it's like, well, you know, they they took the opportunity while the window was there, and the window was slim. Exactly, and even Hamilton wound up. Uh, you know, you could tell he was frustrated, but his engineer responds back because they'd be in front of you. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and like Jonathan, you and I were talking a minute ago is that before we came on the air is that Hamilton could have avoided all of that by not messing up his. Qualifying lap. Yeah. I so, mean, you know, he's complaining, but, you know, if you hadn't messed up your qualifying, then you wouldn't, you wouldn't be in this position. <laughs> All right. As good as Ricardo was, he's not my choice for driver of the day. Tell me. My choice for driver of the day is Pierre Gasly. Because wait, wait. 
What? Because this race was boring until he crammed <laughs> into the back of Farley. All right, well, yeah. Thank you, okay. Pierre Gasly, for the latest version of Shanghai Surprise, I, I like not that. starring Madonna. <laughs> my, my driver of the day is the housewife that called the uh, BBC commentators and said, how long does it take to clear a bit of carbon fibre off a track? I could clean my whole house in that time. Uh, I love that. that was what funny. is that, like six or seven laps? Thank you, Mum. But you know, it all started when the two red, the two uh, Toro Russells ran into each other. Yep, and caused this whole disaster and de- put debris all over the track and and let Red Bull make that brilliant bold move to send both cars into the pits. What happened to both Ferrari and Mercedes in terms of strategy today? Tell you what, uh, I don't think it was a software glitch today. No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Toto, the mechanic. Toto's going to be. Tough, trying to talk his way out of this paper bag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I tell you what, Chris, you know, Christian Horner and you know, Christian Horner and uh, the the three team principles of yep. Mercedes, Red Bull, and uh, and Ferrari. Uh, and Ferrari all just went at each other. You know, at the beginning of the season, I guarantee you that uh, Christian Horner is going to be smiling, grinning ear to ear in the press conferences after this. Well, you know, I mean, just what a what a fairy tale story. His sixth win. Um, <laughs> it's the year of the dog in the Chinese New Year, but boy, the bull was raging today. No question about it. I mean, they've got to be so cock a hoop after that. And in a weird way, it does put. Um, it actually helps Hamilton in one way. Who had a terrible weekend, but because Vettel also had a, yeah. a rotten weekend, um, it's not as bad. Uh, Verstappen didn't help himself, but um, Ricardo's put himself, you know, firmly back into contention. He I know has. it's early on. Yes, but I mean, the race started out, and I think I think really the thing that kind of set the tone for the race, and it obviously continued, was was that young guy named Max getting in a, in a tussle with. Raikkonen in that startup and you know it was blockages and people were jumbled up and you know traffic jam kind of thing and uh you know Max Max uh just Max doing a Max never yeah never got over it yeah go ahead Jonathan yeah, no question about it. I mean, I'm still wondering, you know, what I, you know, I think what I think one of the commentators said it uh, during that time, which is, you know, Max is no kid anymore. I mean, he is a kid, but he's no kid anymore because he keeps making schoolboy errors, basically. Um, you know, he he made two big errors in this race, and, and he's had to pay the price. Yeah, yeah, he's you know, it's the whole thing of juvenile and uh, emotional and his his just craziness outburst kind of thing that gets him in trouble and I just I'm like like we said before when he does something crazy and it works for him it's cool <laughs> and yeah 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 but when he does something crazy and it does what most people would do when they go crazy and it fails that's what you get out of it. And he he didn't make any friends today. No, he's not the finished article by any means. Um, I like his style, no question. Um, he's a breath of fresh air. I said it all along. And I do think he will be world champion one day. Um, but he's got a lot to learn yet. And I think Red Bull, 
Um, yeah, they are somewhat, I mean, Red Bull are kind of like him. You know, they take decisions, they're on the fly, they're the kind of team, you heard the radio talk with uh, Ricardo. it's like, go on, Vettel next, get him, you know, all this sort yeah. of stuff. And, and that's great. I mean, I like their style. They're very kind of... Uh, progressive in that respect compared to Mercedes and their German Teutonic kind of uh, approach to it. And Ferrari, again, similar, uh, McLaren and so on and so forth. So, you know, Red Bull have always been exciting. And I remember when Vettel won his championships there, there was that air uh, of that with him because it was all new and, you know, they, they were the, they were swaggering. There's a swashbuckling. Um, That's the right word. Yeah, it, is, it really is for them. And, and today, especially in, in Ricardo's pass on Botas. Yeah, I mean, it was this. It was pretty daring, yes. bold as hell. Well, Swash turn six, there was no. Yeah, there was no. I didn't think there was any room there at all, but he did it. So, what do you think about the way Botas hesitated a little bit? I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of what has been the knock on Botas. You know what? I'm not going to have a go at Botas. I said at the start of the day that he needed a big race, and I think he put in a big race today. Uh, I think he was much more on it. I think he was much more aggressive. Um, even though, yeah, that particular move, I, I think that could have, I think that was the right thing. He did jink slightly, um, to get out of the way because he could have caused an accident. Uh, and again, he's finished second and he's there and he's finished ahead of Hamilton. And, you know, I, I think he could have been more aggressive in Bahrain, but 100th Grand Prix, I think we saw a lot more of the metal of the Finn this time, especially in defending against Raikkonen. Um, I'm, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like ticking the box that Botas did what I hoped he would do because I kind of said he's got to, he's got to step up, and I, and he did in well, my mind. Yeah, and I, I can't argue with what you just said, but there is that that champion's edge that you know by that little jink, as we call it, that he didn't take try to block Ric, uh, Ricardo there. I mean, you're right, it could have caused an accident, and then it would have been a complete disaster. But does a yeah, champion... That probably does, wouldn't be the day to do it. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, I think Botas also knows that Ricardo. I mean, he, he probably reads the papers like we do, and everybody was like, true. if it had been Ricardo, not Botas, and, Botas, but, and, and you know, Ricardo was... I would have, I would have gone for it. Uh, and so, you know, you're sitting there in, in the car going, he's going to go for he's it. He's going to go. You're right. That's a good point. And maybe he saved... He's a level-headed guy. Yeah. So hey, Les, you got some. Uh, you did some. You pulled some clips during the middle of that race for us. Well, I, I, some of these team radio. But yeah, right off the beginning, really, just uh, there. There's some interesting stuff. We're we're gonna. I think we need to go to a break. Yeah, let's, man. Uh, we, let's. There's so many good team radio clips in here. So we're gonna go to a break. When we come back, we're gonna play some of those and continue to talk about the incredible race today. Incredible performance by Daniel Ricciardo and Red Bull. You're listening to Speed City. We will be back after these messages. Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. 
Italian style with Texas soul. Trading, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Mosing Motorcars is Texas's only authorized dealer for Superformance products. Superformance's Mark III is the only Cobra replica built under license from Carroll Shelby. There's no finer example of a Cobra around. Mosing and Superformance is your supplier for all the great race cars of history. The GT40, the Mark III Cobra, the Corvette Grand Sport, and the Shelby Cobra Daytona Coupe. Mosing Motorcars, 2420 West Breaker Lane, online at mosingmotorcars.com. Superformance and Mosing Motorcars, drive yourself happy. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere on the Radio.com app. Hi, this is Jeff Gordon, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. Welcome back to Speed City. We are watching Christian Horner on the television and smiling, smiling. grinning. <laughs> you know what, boys? The, um, the Renault power unit got the job done. Yeah. You know, I mean, you've got to make some decisions. Yeah, we've all forgotten about that, haven't we now? Yeah, yeah. suddenly do that, it's all Yeah, all right. everybody's happy now. Everybody's happy right now. They're going, oh, we love you, Reno. We yeah, just won the yeah. race. You know, oh. like I said, I, I think the what really kind of set the pace or the tone for the race was Raikkonen's traffic jam and how it impacted Hamilton and Raikkonen and, and got back in Max's way. And uh, I think that chaos that happened that early in the race, that was the first thing that happened that really got chaotic. I think that really kind of set matters for the rest of the race. But, uh, you know, Max had a, a, a very special message for uh, <laughs> Raikkonen. And uh, let's hear what that one is. See you later, son. All right. Don't get greedy now, mate. That's good. Settle down. Settle down. <laughs> Settle down. Oh, I see. Now I now I can hear what he said. Yeah. See, yeah. You, see you later, mate. Uh, yeah. yeah. Basically. Something like that. Something like that. And so, you know, that just started up. And they, like I said, Hamilton goes off course a little ways to clear the traffic jam, things like that. Max gets past Raikkonen and starts hammering down, has to get settled down by his crew member. I love it. <laughs> Settle down. Settle down. Simmer down now. I, I love it. This is what uh, I'm just looking at Twitter on uh, on the Hamilton overtake, Ricardo. Sometimes you just got to lick the stamp and send it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Lick the stamp. And it send could it. be just that it's three in the morning. That's why I like that. No, no, <laughs> I like that. I just, I genuinely like that. That's good. That's good work. Uh, yeah. Well, if you missed our pre-race show, we actually, it was pretty good because we, uh, we talked about a lot of the issues that we saw in the race today and worked out pretty good for, uh, for Red Bull, obviously. And uh, what else guys? I know there was, I mean, it was slow uh, in the first half of the race, but you know, good Haas, point. Haas had an interesting strategy 
for one, I think this is the first time we've seen a blatant uh, team command, team orders, and mm -hmm. uh, and it really didn't uh, go over very well. But, uh, you know, check out this exchange from the Haas team. Rivon is losing pace. Okay, copy. Guys, he's holding me up. Okay, messenger received up. Let Kevin buy before 14. Let Kevin buy before turn. Come on, this love six. Thank you, Roman. We'll square it up. We'll square it up. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and he finished 18th. Yeah. yeah. How'd you do that? It didn't. So. Yeah, how did they end up there, team Jonathan? Orders. Seriously. Well, basically, I was listening to Grosjean's radio because uh, he just started to fall away. And basically, he one of his radio, late radio calls towards the end of the race was, everything's falling apart. So I, I just feel that he was down on his luck anyway. And he felt that he, you know, he basically went backwards. And I think he he was downhearted. And I think it started at lap six, right where he heard it. Um, because I, I understand his frustration. How can you be expected to... to uh, you know, on a 56-lap race <laughs> to, to to pull over. Yeah, you're already on the saying it lap. early. Yeah. So uh, they were on different tyres, but actually um, their lap times were pretty much the same at that point. And so Magnussen got his head, as it were, got his, got his way uh, and convinced the team. And Grosjean's saying, come on, guys. You know, I yeah, fair enough. I'm holding him up, but we got a race. We are teammates, but come on, I'm, this is not why I'm out here. So I, I feel for for Roma on that one. Yeah, that's always tough. No matter where you are, no matter what you know about the tire situation, we know they're on different strategies. That's uh, you know, there's no way that that's ever a pleasant situation. Hey, Les, we got a couple of other clips I want you to uh, to play to, to to intro because there's team radio was like. It was some of the highlights of the whole race. Yeah, uh, it's it was really good, and you know, I tell you what, if uh, if you enjoy what you're hearing on TV or here, go to the Formula One app and check the commentary, and that's where you hear all of the radio messages. It, it, it's fantastic. Uh, one of the ones that came over that was really good was uh, when Ricardo passes max and the excitement around that nice job mate let's keep pushing all right next one's a vettel let's get him <laughs> let's get him let's get him and i mean that yeah uh, that's buckling yeah it is it's very much red bull style isn't it and ricardo is the team leader uh, and that's why you sort of also think that uh, verstappen's come into this team he's trying to get his head he's trying to you know be a force to be reckoned with in this team but this is ricardo's team yeah i got something for you though so you're saying this is this is kind of the dna of red bull right this swashbuckling yep so we're sitting here get, being a little critical i was in the pre-show about verstappen but is this coming is this part of the team culture that that you just go for it I, I think it is, and I think Christian Horner has always let his drivers race, um, and, uh, you know, it, it's cost them. I mean, look at Weber and Vettel's battles. Hey, do you remember Multi-21, Seb? Multi-21. Yeah. Even in the uh, green room before the podium, still yep. reminded him again. Still, yep. 
So, you know, Red Bull have got a history of of, of letting their drivers race and race hard, um, but also letting their drivers be themselves. And they've, I think Horner's realised that with Ricardo, he did create quite a racing driver and he really has blossomed, has Daniel Ricardo under the Red Bull tutelage, as it were, and the Red Bull regime. And I think that's why they're letting Verstappen... I mean, you heard the radio, as you say, saying, hey, calm it down, you know, but that's, you've got to let Verstappen be Verstappen because otherwise he wouldn't make those crazy moves at turn eight, which we'd all be going, oh, wow, that was the overtake of the year if he'd have pulled it off, but he didn't. Well, we'll put a bigger berm there for next year. I'm (laughs) sitting here reading some of the tweets from Will Buxton, you know, who works for Formula One now, and he said, listen to this, he says, wow, one of the most conciliatory and introspective post-race sessions I've ever experienced with Max Verstappen, hearing him talk of desire, desperation, and how he needs to learn to stop stop one from becoming the other on F1 Paddock Pass. So, in other words, uh, yeah, it's interesting that Max is kind of thinking about all this and going, maybe I'm, am I being too aggressive? So it's it's perfect timing with all this discussion because that's obviously Max is is second guessing himself at least at least a little bit. Well, there might be a sign of maturity there. So, uh, hey. We'll go for it. You know, uh, continuing on the theme of Max. Max, you did it all today. Uh, met up with Vettel, and uh, that was something that, uh, hard, hard to say exactly what happened there. Uh, you locked up and then just turned in very sharp. I don't think I need to say anything here. Copy that. <laughs> yeah. <bad>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to say anything. No, I think that was, uh, yeah, that was that was good radio talk back, and that told the whole story. All right, so what about some of the other stories, guys? Uh, Kevin Magnuson, I mean, finished in the points. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's only one point, um, and, I mean, given our sort of hopes from Australia, um, we, we're expecting more, and and I think we're right to expect more. I think, I think the Haas has a good car this year, and okay, it didn't work out brilliantly this weekend for them. They did get a point, and uh, at times, um, Magnussen was running seventh, was it? Sixth, seventh? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, um, Grosjean obviously not having a good day or not enjoying his day for sure. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm quietly pleased with a 21 Grand Prix season, three in, Haas are there. Yeah, it's almost like we're expecting double points every race now. Right. It's it's disappointing now where last year we'd had any time we had the chance to get double points it would have been ecstatic. Yeah. So- I agree. I uh you know, I was disappointed in Gasly uh taking out Brendan Hartley, but I I still feel like Haas is better than this. But you know in that same statement is Haas ready to perform better than Toro Rosso? Mm-hmm. I think they are. Yep. Oh, yeah, I think so. Uh, another another interesting thought from Twitter. It says, Toro Rosso had told Hartley to give Gasly the position at the hairpin. Hart- Hartley, uh, uh, Gasly confirmed it, and, and then he said when he saw Hartley lift and coast, he assumed he was acting on team orders. So, Ooh. interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, there was a lot of the... <laughs> I think... You know, it was a strange weekend for a lot of different reasons. Uh, the weather played a part throughout the weekend, both being cold, raining on Friday night, uh, then Saturday particularly cold for qualifying, qualifying, and then hot. It was seventy degrees uh, come race uh, time yeah. today, and, and so clear. 
Yeah, and so I think, you know, quite a few things were thrown in there in the mix um, that probably did, you know, play a part, but also the race itself. I think um, the race just turned on its head with that safety car, as simple as that. As you say, Gasly, one minute hero, next minute zero, and then is the reason pretty much we got where we got. Yeah, and I just saw a, a, uh, a picture of Daniel Ricciardo. We saw him doing the shoey. But there was a little different. I think he drank a full shoe worth of champagne this time. And his son is his engineer by the look of things. Yeah. But uh, he said he was going to stop doing that, but that was too good a chance. He had to do uh, it. No way. That was brilliant that they had the engineer out there because yeah. they those guys, not only the 2.3 and the 2.4 second pit stops, but getting the car ready, not having an engine from, Re from Renault, but getting the car ready with less than, really, <laughs> less than a minute because if he'd... If it was below the three-minute mark, it would have been, it'd been a moot point anyway. But they were 30 right. seconds away from not making qualifying. Yeah, they said, exactly. uh, two minutes, 45 seconds, they need to be exiting the pit, and that's what they need to make a legit hot lap. Wow. It, it, yeah, I mean, you know, when you really look at it that way, the whole weekend, I mean, that's going to go down in history as, as one of the most amazing weekends for uh, a, a, an F1 team. If that had happened in NASCAR, if that had happened in Indy, we'd be just as amazed because yeah. those those are real fairy tale stories. The one shame, of course, is that it wasn't a one-two for Red Bull. <laughs> well, yeah, but there's only one man to blame for that. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And unfortunately, he gets the blame for several things today. Yeah. Well, I mean, he. he I, I'm glad that uh, what Buxton said is he's, he's starting to think about it because I think he knows. He blew it. I mean, they both got the soft tires. They both came in at the same time. They were both circulating at the same speeds. Ricardo took advantage, and he was not able to. Yeah, and, you know, this was, if you look at the qualifying times, how close Red Bull was to Mercedes, this isn't like some big giant upset. I mean, I think that this is something we can expect for the rest of the season, that it's going to be a, a very strong possibility that Red Bull runs some more races. Yeah, no question. Um, I mean, we saw it last year. I mean, there's no question that Red Bull, um, you know, had some reliability problems, but, but, but they also won last year. Uh, and you could argue that the reason McLaren went to Renault Engines... Because, you know, because they were failing with Honda, they weren't having the day that they wanted and they wanted to advance and they were blaming it on the engine. So they said, look, this is a race-winning engine. Let's take it. And it is today. Um, okay. <laughs> you wouldn't have said that 24 hours beforehand when it went pop. But um, this is all part of, uh, of, of where we are, you know, because you've got less engines this year. And, you know, yeah. you, you've got to be, everybody's being a little bit more conservative, but we heard in the news leading up to the Chinese Grand Prix that Renault were opening up the engines a little bit more to try to be more competitive, and they were. Yeah, and that's a good point about having only three engines this year without penalties. So, all right, guys, we got to take a break. You're listening to Speed City Live in Austin, Texas, our post-F1 race show. We'll be back after these messages. Maybe someday I'll be strong. The Austin East KOA Campground, just 15 minutes from Circuit of the Americas and downtown Austin, and just two minutes from the Travis County Expo Center and Central Texas Fishing in Decker Lake, featuring amenities for every style of camping, from tent sites to luxury RV pull-throughs and cabins, plus a pool, showers, and laundry. Nestled in tall oak trees on the edge of the hill country, all the pleasures of the Lone Star State await you at Austin East KOA. To make your reservation, visit austineastkoa.com. The racetrack, it's where legends are born, where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. 
Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education for 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. This is Johnny Rutherford, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. Johnny Rutherford. Wow. There you go. Where'd you dig that one up, Les? Uh, that was the 100th running of the Indy 500. Oh, is that when that was? Let's hang out with him. Wasn't it Johnny Rutherford was involved in an amazing finish in the Indy 500 as well? Uh, I feel certain that Sullivan was a spin and win. Yeah, that was, yeah, sorry, that was Sullivan. Well, Rutherford is still a hero. Uh, Texan, it's gotta be. Gotta be. <laughs> it's gotta be. He went down into that low octave that gotta be. <laughs> hey, so guys, uh, amazing Chinese Grand Prix, of course. Daniel Ricciardo with the win, but some interesting stories still. Daniel, I mean, uh, Fernando Alonso. I was going to say, Man, I, I uh, love seeing Alonso and Seb get into it a little bit there. You know, we've seen Alonzo uh, go up against some folks he hadn't seen in a while, I'll say, over <laughs> yeah, the past couple of races. Yeah, that's a good way races. to put that. <laughs> and, but at that, that sharp end of the, of the grid there. Hey, I'm glad to see him up there. And by the way, a man who started fourth in the championship today uh, and scores again, another seventh place. Uh, also noting uh, Renault, both point scoring, Hulkenberg and Sainz. Yeah, they're looking fast, you know. I mean, we're, we talk about Haas competing for the best of the rest, but Renault's right there. In fact, you know, right now they, they are the best of the rest. And talking about a recovery, how about Force India? Um, 11th and 12th, I mean, it's not, uh, you know, it's not going to change the world, but um, they were nowhere at the beginning of the season. And we heard, if you watched uh, some of the lead-up with ESPN, uh, we saw after qualifying um, Sergio Perez being interviewed, saying that they had an upgrade ready for Spain as well. And look out, Force India will be on the trail. So um, it, it bodes well, this this midfield battle. And I think Williams will get better, but again, not a great day for them. Um, yeah, here's the standings right now. So it's Mercedes. This is constructor standings. Mercedes 85, Ferrari 84. Red Bull, 55, McLaren, Renault, 28, and Renault, 25, Toro Rosso, 12, and Haas, 11. And then Salver, Force India, and Williams with zero. So, yeah, this midfield is very interesting. I think it's as interesting as everyone was predicting at the beginning of the season. Yep, um, I think it's going to be. It, it's. I'm. I'm really excited about this year. I think um, if the politics don't overtake uh, the racing on the track, and the, we get bogged down in what Liberty are going to do, what they're not going to do, um, you know, and the teams start kind of, uh, I don't know, just yeah. make it make it 
a bigger part of the story than it needs to be. The racing, frankly, is awesome. Oh, think about moment. it. So think about it. The, the big three at the top, I mean, it's now any given Sunday, any one of the th- big three Good th- expression. can win, right? Thank you. And then after that, really, the midfield is kind of weird to say it this way, but any of the big three can win and any of the midfield can can be at the top of that, can be fourth. You're right. You're right. You know, it, it's just one of those that... Like I said, we've been looking for this. Yes, uh, Formula One got a bit dry seeing Mercedes out front for a while, but uh, I'm really pleased to see it happening. I'm, you know, Force India, I think they've shown they're capable of being fast. Sergio Perez just seems to be in a run of bad luck, but uh, I'm, I'm game to see these guys shake up the midfield, keep it interesting. Yep. Absolutely. Keep your teammate from running India. <laughs> Good to see Daniel Ricciardo now moving up to fourth place overall. Uh, just three points behind Botas. Uh, Botas still third. Five points behind Hamilton. And Hamilton, well, within touching reach now of Vettel. It was 17 points. It's now nine. Yeah, but you're right. That is good to see Daniel Ricciardo there. Uh, obviously, he's one of the most popular drivers because he is perpetually... It's not just smiling, but has a great attitude all the time. And But he's obviously very competitive, too. Yep. And he does. He takes those risks, and he continues to do it outside of the car, too, yet to sign his contract for next year. Ooh, yeah, that's right. We'll keep... the Obviously, the uh, Ferrari rumors uh, run rampant. Uh, Kevin Magnussen, 10th in the driver's standing now with 11 points, 10 points, and then one... Uh, 10 points last two weeks ago, or last week, and then one point today. Obviously, good to see the Haas team looking good. Uh, what other stories, guys? I mean, I know the first 30 laps were relatively uneventful, but anything catch your eye, Mr. Green? Um, I was, well, generally I was pleased for Raikkonen this weekend because I just feel that uh, last year Raikkonen was losing his way and we were about to lose Raikkonen. He is the elder statesman at 38 uh, on the grid. He's been around. He's had a world championship, but... Um, you know, um, he clearly still has got it and is still motivated, which I think, you know, we've lots seen in the last three Grand Prix. Had a bit of bad luck, um, but that qualifying particularly, um, where I thought he got, you know, he got a new track leg record only to be beaten by Vettel. Um, yeah, that was but, pretty amazing, actually. Yeah, but, um, you know, clearly... Uh, both the pace of Ferrari and Raikkonen is really pleasing for me because that's just good for the sport. Uh, and he's a great character um, and, and, and and a great racer. So I hope we see more of him doing what he does well. Yeah, not only is he the best at team radio, <laughs> but his interviews too. The qualifying or the, the practice interviews when he was talking about what it, that's, he basically wanted to say, that's a stupid question. Why are you asking that? It's just classic Kimi Raikkonen. And at 38, guys, I mean, that's really, that, that's an amazing story to have him be at that age still just as fast. As you can see it, he's just as fast as Sebastian Vettel. Yep. Yep, I agree. I agree. I think uh, I think he's going to be around a while longer. Well, I certainly hope so. We do not want to lose him. Uh, so what else? So, you know, one thing I want to talk about real quick, and it's actually sort of Formula One related. It's did you guys see who's on pole for the IndyCar race? Alexander Rossi. One of one of the few. Does he still actually have a a super license of Formula One? Does he once you have it, or do, I guess you have to continue to get laps under your belt but yeah anyway it's just great to see alexander rossi make the transition to 
IndyCar. I, I wonder if it's like pilots. Oh, you got to do 14 touch and goes. It this probably quarter. is. I don't know the rules on that. <laughs> to be honest, Rossi's looking really, really lean and mean this year. You should have seen him in qualifying. Uh, he was out before anybody else, kind of messing with everybody, uh, trying to get the clean laps in and almost jumping the gun at times and, and annoying everybody because he was like so on it. Um, but he does look really determined and really good, you know, really good form. His lap was immaculate. And yeah, you're right. It's good to see him as an ex-Formula One driver taking it uh, now in India and really pushing hard. Yep. All right. So let's see. Um, what you got, Les? Oh, I, I think uh, Sebastian Vettel. I'm curious about the Ferrari strategy they were playing and how much of it played out the way, uh, you know, it should have. Did they just give up? We started seeing tire problems. We started seeing just different things. And he was just backsliding through the field. And I just have to wonder what was the big difference between he and Raikkonen's strategy? Something did not pan out. Well, and Ra- well, no, um, Raikkonen, it was an interesting strategy because Raikkonen stayed out on those tyres, remember? That's um, right, that's you know, right. He, he did several laps and was trying to hold off Botas and let Vettel catch up, um, but it didn't really work because mm. Botas got past, which I thought was, again, that was, for me, a, a, a big turning point for the race because Botas took the, you know, sword by the hand, as it were, much more aggressive than he was in Bahrain and proved to be a very, very important overtake because Vettel then was sort of dead in the water. That was a moment. Uh, If Raikkonen could have held off Botas uh, and Vettel could have got into the DRS and maybe made an overtake on um, Botas, it could have been a different race. But, um, you know, fair game. It's been a long time since we've seen uh, Fernando, Sebastian and... Carlos signs near each other on if running. And that's where, you know, when you start paying attention to those combinations of people that are next to each other or, or battling with each other, it's, oh, we haven't seen this in a while. Yeah, it's good. It's an interesting year, and we've got some really interesting races coming up. Baku in a couple of weeks, uh, Azerbaijan, which is you know, a relatively new track, and it's a street circuit, but um, a fast one at that. And again, I think... You know, uh, of what we've seen, we've quite we've kind of seen quite a, a f- uh, three different, very very different races um, this year, and I think Baku is going to be just as different. And don't forget, F two is coming in uh, as well. Um, yeah, we got to talk about Formula, Formula Two, Formula yeah. Two, and GP three going on right now, and there's been some changes, like Formula Two cars now, brand new. Yeah, yeah, brand new. They're they're still six hundred horsepower, but they're turbo sixes instead yep. of the V eights like they were last year. And those uh, those those guys, I was just looking at some of the stats. It was like I think they're there's so they're 620 horsepower, so they're a little less horsepower than a Formula One car, and they're also just a little bit heavier. But man, when you watch them, they look on track. They look all. I mean, they look 95 percent as fast as a Formula One car. Yeah, they've already had one round in Bahrain, and in fact, uh, Carlin getting a one-two in the first uh, race of the year in the longer race with the pit stop. Uh, but a brilliant race by uh, Lando Norris uh, and Artem Marklock doing a brilliant job getting onto the podium 
um, from literally the back um, and then doing it, do, doing it even better in race two. Artem Markliff at his fifth season of Formula 2. Uh, Lando Norris in his first full season and Carlin back in Formula 2. Um, but uh, a great start to the year for them. And of course, our own Santino Ferrucci will be there didn't have a good weekend the first yeah, weekend yeah. in Sakia, but um, in Bahrain, and uh, I think we'll we'll look for him uh, in the next round of Baku, and hopefully bouncing back. Uh, he stalled, had a problem um, in the second race, um, but uh, he's definitely flying the Haas flag, the Haas reserve driver. And when you look at the cars on F two, they are almost replicas of the F one cars. Say, yeah. you can look for him, and it's going to be easy to spot him because they look like the Haas F one car. And what's the uh, what's the teammate? I've forgotten his name. Uh, Arjun Maini. Or Maini, Maini, that's right. Maini or Maini, whichever you prefer. Ini, mini, Maini, Mo. Um, the Indian driver, who is a great driver. Saw him again at uh, in the Toyota Racing Series a few years ago uh, and more recently in Formula 3. And he's climbing through the ranks and I think he's going to be the next big Indian sensation. Um, really, really good driver. And uh, he too is a reserve driver for Haas. Yeah, and, you, if, and stick with us because I think we're going to try to ramp up our Formula 2 coverage. And- GP3. Yeah, we're going to try to do some things with that. Ryan Tavita and uh, Juan Manuel Correa. Yeah. We've got some that. Americans to, yep. to follow here. Exactly. All right, guys, well, let's, take another, yeah, let's take another break and uh, we're going to continue the conversation of Chinese Grand Prix with Daniel Ricciardo with the win. Listening to Speed City live in Austin, back after these messages. The Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MB Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MB Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. Ducati Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Bozick Motor Cars is Central Texas' source for classic performance cars. British, German, Italian, Japanese, and American. Ready for that special car you've always dreamed of? Bozing has you covered. Looking to sell a classic? Let Mosing handle all the details and get that special vehicle in the hands of the right buyer. Visit the showroom at 2420 Westbreaker Lane or call 512-821-9491 or browse the garage online at MosingMotorCars.com. Mosing Motor Cars. Drive yourself happy. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere on the Radio.com app. Hi, Brendan Hotley. This is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosey Motor Cars. Welcome back to Speed City. Yeah, Brendan didn't have a... Yeah. Great day today. Watch out behind you, Brendan. <laughs> Check your rear view. 
Uh, I hate to start driving that. But, uh, hey, did you ever figure out the extra stock? Well, who was it, Mercedes that had an extra stock? Uh, no, Ferrari, oh, Ferrari has uh, shown an extra lever on the back of the steering wheel. It's the blinkers. Nobody's I'm telling you, talking it's about blinkers. it. It's a semaphore. The, yeah, yeah, the semaphore. <laughs> yeah, sure. What is it? <laughs> That's just it. Nobody knows what it is, but it was seen uh, either in practice or quality that there is something on back of Sebastian's steering wheel oh, that's that, been added. I, I think it's Sebastian's web, web button. <laughs> they just He's got his own dump. Yeah, he's got his own, yeah, he's got his own five second <laughs> So he so he can get it out. He can say, he's just saying it, but yeah. he dumps his own button. Uh, uh, could be. Well, we're still in the glow of a really amazing race with Daniel Ricardo, Red Bull, brilliant strategy, uh, uh, brilliant pit just, stops, just crazy incredible. It's the way they came from nowhere and literally nowhere uh, to do it. And they also, I mean, you know, we were talking about uh, Pirelli and uh, the tires and, and why we have these different tires before the start of the show or before the start of the race uh, and, and explaining why... Uh, Pirelli bring these different compounds to create strategy options. And frankly, today was a fantastic example of how it works because were it not for those choices of tyres, we would not have had the race and Red Bull would not have been in the position, but it allowed them to play the strategy, which compared to other forms of motorsport is what Formula One is all about. Uh, And this is when people say DNA of Formula One, don't mess with it. Um, That is part of it. Um, the, The idea of getting an advantage when you don't have one, like Red Bull, uh, their car probably not as good as Ferrari and Mercedes yet, um, but they they played to their strengths, which was strategy. Um, um, my favourite line of the day, though, was uh, um, David Croft, the commentator, saying, um, I was tuning in on ESPN and it said... Uh, uh, Max Verstappen, he says, you know, the trouble with Verstappen, he said, if you play poker and you go all in every time, you ain't going to win. That's a great, <laughs> that's a great analogy because yeah. that's exactly what... Because that's pretty much how he plays it. That's exactly how Verstappen plays it. No My doubt niece plays it. the same way and she kills us, so I don't know when it comes to poker, so I don't know how that works. But <laughs> well, And you got to remember where Red Bull... So, again, Daniel Ricciardo, the last race, his car just stops, you know, runs out of... Computer, and then at the end of practice, his engine is blown up, and then he wins the race. His his turn of events is so 180 degrees, 180 degrees. It couldn't get anymore because you know he had the Red Bull had so many um, had DNFs last year. Verstappen had so many, and you just and you know that the entire Red Bull team is just on the ceiling right now because of the turn that they've they've gone through. And the opposite is, uh, I'm just reading a headline here on motorsport.com, Lewis Hamilton admits that his side of the Mercedes garage is underperforming based on what he described as a disaster of the Chinese Grand Prix. And, I, you know, you have to, you know, he's as much to blame as anybody else, but they didn't get it right. Um, he was complaining about strategy, um, like I said, he, his qualifying didn't go well. Uh, it's not been an easy start to the year. If you remember, he had a gearbox change in Bahrain. Um, you know, yeah. as a as a you know as somebody who is as accomplished and uh, mistake free as Lewis Hamilton, um, we didn't see much of that today. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch how Mercedes acts as a team. Everything from their 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 social voice to the to Total Wolf to all the drivers and everybody is how they react at not being the dominant dominant team. And and who knows? They could be very easily. This is still only the third race in, and I know my prediction. Uh, before the race was that this could be the the beginning of the turn for Mercedes, but uh, who knows? But it's going to be interesting to watch how they react it was to all this. Off course, though. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> off course. By the way, Toto Wolff also uh, summed up the weekend in fairly brutal terms. The whole weekend we were just not good enough. This weekend we were probably third or fourth. When you look at the result today, and you don't want to be third or fourth. Yep, that's uh, the boss no doesn't like way. that. We just need to get our act together, he said. Do <laughs> you so, think he's anxious for uh, Baku now? I think, yeah, <laughs> I think, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think Mercedes. I think they're very thankful that they've got two weeks to think about it. Yeah, and oh, I, I think there will be some meetings um, going. Hey, guys, we've dominated Formula One for the last, you know. Six or seven years, um, we haven't lost this overnight, and let's just regroup, guys. Um, the competition has caught up, and they've got them on the back foot. We've been waiting for Ferrari, uh, and I kind of made a note in my notes, as you said at the beginning of the race, which is, is this the day we remember when Ferrari step up? Now, okay, Red Bull won today, but but it, it, it still could be that changing point because if Mercedes don't bounce back from this, um, you know, this championship could fall by the wayside very quickly for them. Uh, and I, 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 I'm interested to see that they are kind of beating themselves up a bit because I think they've been, they have, they, they, you could see right from qualifying. They yeah. were, wow, we didn't expect Ferrari to be half a second ahead. And then the race just went away from them quickly. Yep, two weeks from Azerbaijan at the Baku City Circuit and a lot of time. You know, that that time, everybody's right now in the either the, the glow like Red Bull or the disastrous feelings that Mercedes has right now. But we got two weeks. But I went back to my notes just while you were talking, Jonathan. I remembered, do you remember when Daniel Ricciardo, he had 30 seconds left. He comes out of the garage with three minutes and 12 seconds left. And do you remember how he hit the the pit road? Uh, you may not have seen it, but he came out. Oh, a, he was sideways. A full drift. <laughs> he came out in a full drift like, all right, I got this. Let's do this. And he started the race in a full drift in the pit road and ended winning. So really. And that lap that he did for 14th was just stunning um, because, you know, he was on cold tires. He's, he's in a car that had just been built. <laughs> Four minutes ago. Talk about odds against you. I know, yeah, no kidding. Uh, and having to perform under the greatest of pressure, the whole team literally on tender hooks just going, come on, man, do it. And he just did it. And I think that's why the celebrations will go long into the night in China. Uh, and Shanghai's not a bad place to go and have a good time. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, he got, a, he got a good start. I'm telling you, that shoe, whatever size shoe <laughs> that was, he was it was... Whatever sweat volume was not in there, there was all champagne, and he drank it down. <laughs> well, I'm, he's uh, there was a he's lot of adrenaline in the bottom of that boot. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. <laughs> you got it. He's liable to be looking for Baku as well because he won last year. Oh, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, and cool. uh, you know, yeah, let's talk about Lewis Baku. was quite a ways back, so uh, Lewis is back in. What fifth. Will, go on, remind me of the results then. So uh, Daniel Ricardo, Valtteri, 
Lance Stroll, third. Remember that being a big surprise. Wow, yeah. And back mm-hmm. wow. Sebastian, four, and Lewis in fifth. Yeah, well, th- those days have gone over Williams, haven't they, really? Yeah. yeah I mean, like you, you wouldn't predict in two weeks that Williams are going to get on anywhere near a top four finish. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it should be interesting. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's quite a turn of events. Think of how that grid or think how those finish results compare to the finish results of today. Mm, yeah. And Baku, Valtteri of course. and Daniel. Yeah, Baku, of course, being the, the fastest street circuit in Formula One. I mean, obviously, uh, Monaco is not the fastest, but yeah, Baku's pretty fast. Uh, and I love the... Uh, uh, the view in Baku. It's a cool and, and I've... Oh, there's some wonderful shots in yeah. Baku, yeah. I, it, it, it's kind of established itself fairly quickly. It's a place that very few of us know anything about, really, unless you've been there, and I certainly haven't. Um, but uh, watching the television pictures, uh, I like the circuit. It, it, as you say, it's quite a It's a really quite fast street circuit. It's, um, it's a Tilka-designed street circuit, which is interesting. If that makes any sense. Yeah. But yes, it, it, it's designed... So that it, it's it got a lot of long straights is what I'm getting at uh, compared to Monaco, which really is tight and twisty with zero straights, really, <laughs> uh, except through the tunnel. Um, but uh, talking of which, I am going to be in Monaco in a couple of weeks. Um, that's not and fair. That's at the historic Formula One Grand Prix. So I will be reporting back. Yeah. Tell, what about that deal? That's awesome. Yeah. It's, I mean, so basically it's the historics like we... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's basically, they always hold this race a couple of weeks. When they build the circuit in Monaco, they close it down, obviously, and, you know, the uh, the the, the, um, the rich and famous have to kind of yeah. make another route. But, um, yeah, it's a good way of betting the track in and getting the barriers up and making everything ready for the actual Grand Prix. But it's a chance also to get, you know, 1930s Bugattis and... Uh, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. It's brilliant. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but uh, Monaco, of course, Jewel of the Crown, same day as Indy, uh, 500. So that's going to be a, a, a heck of a weekend. Busy day. Busy day. Yep. My my one and only trip to Monaco. Uh, I did get to walk the tunnel, the, you know, the track after the after the race. The track was all still set up and got to walk it and got to walk up to that hotel at the very top or the the cars go by it's really an iconic place to be well well boys we're just about out of time we got about a minute or so left but um i want to talk about you know make sure that you guys if you're listening to us here on on sunday evening then uh you make sure you check us out on our website because we're doing a pre and post race show every week and so you'd go to our website speedcitybroadcast.com and check out all the details there and of course um We've got all of our social media. We keep we do a lot of interviews and we put them out on SoundCloud and we link to those from our Twitter account. And of course, all of our shows, everything we do is up on iTunes and is up on our website in MP3. So you can check it out, download it, share it with your friends. Hey, we talked about a lot of things. 
Yeah, don't forget Horsepower Rodeo coming to our town next week That's as MotoGP. Moto for you city folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking forward to that. Always do uh, one of the big events at the Circuit of the Americas. And obviously a lot going on in that if you follow motorcycle racing. Oh, man, right now it is a good time uh, to be coming to Austin. Showdown That's great. for Rossi and Marquez right here. Butter my button, call me a biscuit. Ricardo wins. <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning to Speed City. We'll talk to you next week. Travel safe, y'all. I would walk 10 miles on my hands and knees. Ain't no doubt about it. Get it, Kel. Get it.